Welcome to the Flower Poxies, a podcast exploring all things flower essences and remedies and flower therapy, and how this vibrational plant medicine has the potential to heal and shift our individual and collective health and consciousness. We'll be diving deep into the specifics of individual essences, nature's energetics, emotional healing and growth, as well as hearing client case studies, hosting special guests and professionals, and I'll be sharing my own personal explorations and philosophies channeled straight from the flowers. Through my own unearthing, I have discovered what I believe to be the most profound teaching of the flowers, and I now wish to share with you the practice of alchemizing fear into beauty. So before getting into today's episode, I wanted to chat with you all about my new offering, The Blooming. So The Blooming is now open for registration. This is something that I have been putting together for the last few months and I'm so excited to get started with this. So The Blooming is a monthly group flower therapy experience for the women seeking to shed all fear from their being and to expand their peace and potential and embrace a life of beauty. So commencing in January next year, I've curated 12 powerful remedies for the entire year, each with a specific focus to unearth, month by month undressing the layers of fear, pain and conditioning to uncover your core essence. So through the magic of nature, we will be bringing the unconscious into the conscious to alchemize fear into beauty. Although you'll be traversing your unique healing experience, we will be working in live group sessions with myself, guest facilitators, and in an intentional gathering space together, a safe space to explore, be witnessed and reflected and heal as a whole in connection with community, amplifying our healing potential. This offer will be available to sign up to on a monthly basis, quarterly, half yearly, and for the entire year as well at discounted rates. So I'll be offering limited spaces for this first intake, and I would love to have you, my listeners, along for the journey. So you can find all of the information and uh, everything else about the offering on my website or via the show notes. Yeah. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm super excited to dive into this exploration with you all. So enjoy the show and I look forward to connecting. Welcome back to The Flower Prophecies. As always, I'm so grateful to have everyone here listening in and watching on. And I would be um, so appreciative if you could rate or share or subscribe on the platform you're listening. I'd love to hear your feedback as well. So you can share feedback below the episodes or you can find me on Instagram at The Flower Prophecies and let me know what you think or if you have a favorite episode. So today's episode will be our second last one for the year and I'm super excited to have a very special guest on. So Katie Hess is a flower alchemist from Arizona in the United States. After first being introduced to flower essences in Mexico over two decades ago, she has since dedicated her life to exploring and sharing their magic. She is the founder of Lotus Way, her unique range of flower essences that she has traveled the world to source from wildflowers. She is a flower essence educator, has co-authored a book titled Flower Revolution, and has even hosted a TEDx talk about flower essences. 
More than anything, though, Katie's passion and vision is to change the world and the collective consciousness with the flower essences. And she's been making pretty good headway and doing that from what I can tell. So um, welcome, Katie. I'm honored to have you here. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you, Envy. Thank you. So you were first introduced to flower essences in Mexico over two decades ago, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about how they came into your life at that time and your initial thoughts and experiences with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting because in college I spent a year in Spain, but I, I didn't know that I was just waiting to meet my flower essence teacher who was from Spain. You know, Um, we probably lived like very close to each other. And for some reason um, I had to travel to Mexico to meet him. Yeah. So I was, I had just graduated from the university and I was like um, wanting to do some volunteer work. And then in my free time from the volunteer work, I studied as many forms of natural natural medicine that I could find. And when I met him, I was like, oh, okay. This is like something I can really like sink my teeth into, you know, because not only did I find it fascinating that every flower had a really specific purpose for us, he was saying if we could get 3% of the world's population working with the flower essences, it would change the future of the planet. And, you know, it's interesting because I, it resonated with me in the moment. Yeah. But I don't think I really understood what he was talking about until the last couple of years or the last year, or maybe even the last few months, actually. Wow. That's amazing. And I think, I mean, I don't know how many tens of thousands of hours I've put into collecting flowers and speaking with flowers and the business of flower essences and, 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 you know, outreach to people in terms of what they're feeling and what they need. I think I finally just understood it in the last few months. And it sounds nice, you know, 3% of the world's population changing the future. It's probably 1% by now. Yeah. Yeah. It's 1%. And, you know, I mean, at the time it was like crazy because I, I came back to the United States and I was like full of energy. Like I'm going to change the world. (laughs) Then I came back to the U S and I was like, Oh, like meditation wasn't cool. (laughs) Yoga wasn't even cool then, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, so many Americans were on pharmaceuticals, antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications and children on um, ADHD medications. And at that time in history, people in the U.S. were so skeptical. Mm-hmm. And I used to tell people, well, in Australia, there are flower essences in every pharmacy on every corner of every street, you know. And I was so grateful that in other parts of the world, it was more well known. Mm. So that it kind of gave me some credibility because uh, the U.S. was in a funny spot. But the collective has changed so much over the last couple decades. Mm. I mean, this wasn't part of your original question, but what I saw like circling back from that experience in the last couple months was just how powerful flower essences can be at rooting people into their sense of self-trust mm. and who they are yeah. so that no external influences 
news, government, um, you know, like kind of like the authoritarian figure or the town crier or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. No propaganda. Yeah. No amount of external propaganda. And when I say propaganda, it's not necessarily just political. It could be like, mm, no external forces. Mm. You. Yeah. Like all about what's inside. Mm. And when people can be really firm in who they are and what their true nature is and like lean into that and be fearless about that, it is palpable how that can change the world. Mm. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. So I'd love to know just on that, was there something specific that happened within the last few months that changed that outlook and really like um, deepened that sort of notion for you? Yeah, actually it was, it was the flowers themselves because, well, I would say it was watching people in 2020 and 2021 Mm. was the first clue was like, Oh, you know, I mean, I I guess I had seen it a little bit in 9-11 because I remember my flower essence teacher telling us about red clover Mm -hmm. and he would say, well, red clover is for group hysteria Mm. and for being empathic and compassionate, but not taking on other stress and this, you know, wave of fear and then promoting that. Yeah. Mm. So I saw it a little bit in 9-11. And then in 2020 and 2021, I saw a lot more of it, like unbelievable loads of it that I could have never imagined, Mm. Um, which showed me what's possible, Yeah, you know, just with that kind of energy. And then over the summer, I was collecting a lot of flowers in the desert. And there's this one flower, I was just writing about it today. It's called the fried egg poppy. Oh, okay. And it's like a... It's a white flower and it looks like a fried egg. It's like paper white, the yellow center. Yeah. And part of the message of this particular flower is like how to thrive in inhospitable circumstances, Mm. possibly even almost dangerous. Yes. And one of the words that came through was famine. Mm. And then I had to like stop and think to myself, what does that mean? You know, when you see like looming food shortages and like, you know, I'm not sure about Australia, but in the US it's like this chicken plant got, you know, went up in flames and then this like (laughs) processing center like burned down. I mean, it was like all these little like tidbits kind of filter in and it's like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. Um, So it had me thinking like, okay, so is this like a premonition? Is this a prophecy? Mm-hmm. Which I, I love, <laughs> by the way. Thank it's you. So beautiful. Thank you. And then I realized, well, not necessarily. I mean, it could be, or it could simply be a state of mind. Mm. And mm-hmm. so in the same way that you could say like, everyone is dying everywhere. When maybe you haven't seen one person. You could also think like the world is like starvation mode because maybe I didn't get enough dark chocolate today, mm. Mm. you know, or like, yeah, I didn't eat the things I usually eat. So now I'm like starving. Yeah. Yes. Um, so it made me think a lot about 
just how we project our mind into what we perceive as reality. Like what is the filter? It comes from the inside and is projected. Uh, and so basically all that boils down to like whatever arises in the future. Um, everything is our state of mind and everything is how rooted we are into our truth and our self-trust and our strength. Mm. And like literally, uh, you know, we could have hurricanes or fires or natural disasters or wars or things blowing up or, and if we're rooted in who we are as truthful, strong human beings, we'll be okay. Mm. Mm. And so this to me means that sort of like changing the outcome of the future is like looking at the contagion of potential and opportunity and possibility and accelerated personal growth. And if we can really turn up the volume on that um, worldwide. Yeah. Like we've seen what it can, we've seen what fear contagion can do. Yes. Like whole countries, whole countries shut down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What can love contagion or awakening contagion or potential contagion? Like, how does that mm. open things for us? Mm. Yes. And it, and it does come back to that switch of mindset completely. And you're so right that that is what the flower essences allow us to, to tap into. Absolutely. I find it really interesting that you say that that sort of dropped in like completely in the last couple of months, because it's just been in the last couple of months that I have noticed a difference in the flower essences when I'm working with them and that they have stepped up into a more powerful um, state of healing, a more powerful life force in, in each of them. They, they are, they're sort of, calling for everyone else to step into this, as you say, exponential healing as well and really meet them. And, um, you know, because they are like, you know, we speak of that they are such subtle and gentle medicine, right? But they're also now being like, yes, we're subtle, we're, we're gentle, but you have to step up, you know, you have to up up the game and really stand stand in what you can do now and what you can shift individually and collectively. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. 100%. Oh, amazing. So when going back to um when you first discovered them and you know you met your mentor, um did you begin to use them straight away? Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And what was your sort of experience when you first started using <laughs> them? Uh, well, it was like seeing blind spots. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I just remember, I remember at the time, I think I was working with, what was I working with? Impatience. I think it was impatience. Yeah. And it was for, you know, patience or impatience. And I remember thinking like, oh, I'm one of the most peaceful people in the world. <laughs> and then when I took that remedy, I was like, I'm not. I'm extremely impatient. I'm a very impatient person. Yeah. And then once I could see it, it was like, well, then I could decide what to do with that. Yeah. Um. So I think, I mean, at the time I was like really 
intrigued by how it can show you things about yourself you've never seen before. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's another thing as well with working with clients. I think there's two way that the two ways the flower essences can work. They can work and it depends where the person is at with their level of consciousness, I guess, but they can work in that way of like just healing under the surface and slowly like shifting and changing someone until they're at that point where they start to actually consciously go, oh, hang on. Or they can just really begin to show us like where we're not living in our truth and where we're, you know, allowing fear to actually undermine everything we're doing. (laughs) And then it is our responsibility, right, to then go, okay, I can shift this now. Mm. Yeah, it is amazing to me how how much wisdom there is in the in the life force that you know sometimes they just give you a kick in the butt and mm. then other times it's like soft, gentle grandmother. Yeah. yeah. According to what is needed at the time. Absolutely, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I where do you know where your or your mentor? So like how long had he been sort of working with flower essences? multiple decades right okay and was he was he working with the Bach essences was he um he had his own set so he did have Bach so those were the first ones I learned he had Bach and then he had what he called Mediterranean which was like 40 more yeah and then he had roses and orchids and tropical flowers that were in other sort of like sets yes he taught primarily in spain mexico city and in buenos aires and in argentina cool it's so interesting to hear about like others you know that have been doing this for a long time because it is quite hard to search and find a lot of information and you know people working in this realm well i've personally found it quite hard Well, what's interesting is I've not seen him. I've not seen my teacher since the late 90s. Wow. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if he knows I exist. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) How long did you work with him for? A couple of years, and it was off and on. Like, I would take workshops with him when he was in, in Mexico, and then I would work with his, two of his you know, the people that he had taught in Mexico. And then he went back to Spain and I went back to the US and wow. that was that. I and know that, it's, that was meant to be. <laughs> it's really, you know, and then at the time it was like all of his teachings were in Spanish. So mm. lucky I was fluent in Spanish. Otherwise I wouldn't have found him no. at all. Yeah. It's amazing how people can just sort of stroll into your life at the right moment and then Absolutely. This yeah. is like boggling to me. But that's, and that's also like, you know, it's that sort of thing that just happens constantly when you're working with the fat essences as well. Like the perfect meetings at the perfect moments. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. I mean, I think ultimately they're in charge, right? You know, it's like. Absolutely. They're orchestrating it all. <laughs> and we think yeah. we're superior. <laughs> I mean, especially in the beginning of growing the business that became apparent really quickly of like, they're not going to just go where I want them to go. Mm. And if they're like, even like, I remember in the beginning, we'd be like so close to like a huge business deal that would have really put us on the map. And it's almost like the flower essences were like, nope. And Mm. like protected me against that 
or like the falling into the wrong hands or too much growth too fast yeah. or not being the right timing. Yeah. Um, and you know, it really puts you through like a, a process until you're like really, really, really ready. Yeah. I mean, even just looking, I've been working with them just a couple of years and even just looking back on the last few years, working with them and see, I can reflect and really see how they've orchestrated everything as well as I've gone, you know? So the way that I know them to work fundamentally is by connecting, reconnecting us back to nature, right? And so I would love to hear if when you began working with the essences yourself, um, if your relationship to nature changed at all. I mean, obviously you were already working in um, with natural medicines and connected in that way, but yeah, did that did that relationship to nature shift or evolve or what happened there? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think it. Mm. <laughs> it's interesting because there's so many things going on at once in that process, right? There's it's it's profound and it's hard to put into words. I can say that in the beginning years of my life as a child, I was an only child. So and and we lived for most of the time in these really small towns. And so if I wasn't like orchestrating all my like playtime with other people, I spent a lot of time alone in nature. Yeah. And, you know, I remember like climbing trees and sitting up in the top of trees. And I remember like climbing out on trees over water and just like hanging there for a while and building forts and listening to the birds and, you know, like crawling around in my mother's garden and those moments were so precious and alive and magical and like they made me feel things that were so multidimensional and interesting and wild and beautiful that it's hard to put words to rather than just like go to kindergarten, mm. take a bath, have mm. a snack. Yeah. Um, they make the world seem like more open and wild and abundant and beautiful. And then, you know, and then you and then you live your life and then you go to school and you do the academics and you do the thing that everybody else is doing. Um so it wasn't until, you know, okay, so did my relationship to nature change? When it really changed was when I started collecting flower essences. Mm, yeah. I mean, I think when you start taking them, then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, there's so much medicine everywhere around me. Like everything is friends. Yeah. Not only am I breathing their air and it's like one of the most intimate relationships ever. I'm breathing their air. They're breathing my air. But also like, wow, that flower does something. I wonder what it does. And it just opens up so much curiosity about like really how much we're not catching. Yeah. Like we're in this incredible paradise and we're seeing like 1% of it because we're like all snaggled up in our own brains and problems and suffering and mm. crankiness, and, you know? Um, and then collecting the flower essences has brought me to this whole other level of understanding of that in like visceral experiences when I first when I did my very first flower essence collection trip it was in Canada yeah and I have never since then duplicated that experience where like the animals showed me the flowers mm. 
you know, like I was deciding which way to go in the forest and this huge bear came out. And I was like, well, I guess I'll go that way. <laughs> um, and and then I was like, how am I going to know what flowers to collect? I don't know what these flowers are, you know, and then butterfly would like go around my head and land on a flower and a snake. And I mean, it was like never ending kind of yeah. unfolding. And and since then, there have been different experiences and all have sort of like a magic on their own. Mm. But in the end, it really boils down to you're heard. There is a, a sentience here. You know, if you put the call out, it hears you. Mm. It, what is it? I'm not sure. But we're not, one thing I'm sure, we're not flying through a rock on space. <laughs> yeah. Like a living entity. If your wish and your desire to benefit humanity is deeply sincere, it's heard and it's felt and you're supported like 500 times, you know? So, yeah. Does it enhance your relationship with nature? I mean, it <laughs> helps us see the world in a whole other way. Yeah. That maybe we forgot since we were little. I think so too. I was actually thinking about that just the other day is, is that, um, that sense of wonder when we are, ch when we are children and, I mean, that's what we all need to get back to, right? Actually, it was just this morning in a yoga class. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was when I was in Shavasana. I was like, oh, we all need to be children again. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, yeah. So going back to, you know, this notion of if we can get just this small percentage of of the population to um, use or even try flower essences um, to to ultimately change the collective and change the world and and change consciousness. Um, can you speak a little bit further to how this is filtered through to your experience and your offerings now? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, what angle could we go from? <laughs> it's very broad. <laughs> I mean, I see it like if you think in terms of collectives, you know, to make it on a very like practical level, mm. um, you know, because we can feel very grandiose, but it's also like um, there is a collective that is in Lotus Way, let's say, for example, in the company. Yeah. So um when we released a, a blend of flower essences for truth for speaking your truth it's called divine truth mm -hmm. uh it changed the whole company dynamic mm -hmm. and i think sometimes it's like easier to like understand when you just kind of look at a small piece mm -hmm. so here's a company you know we have meetings and people lots of people in different positions and everybody's really nice and um, there's never any conflict. Everybody's really soft and gentle, you know, and all of a sudden we were all taking this remedy and the meetings got really dynamic, <laughs> like scary dynamic, you know, where it's like, oh, like conflict, you know, like yeah. where someone in the table might say something and they're really frustrated or I might say something like when it's you it's like really dynamic yeah. because you're like, I'm saying this thing and I'm frustrated. And like, why are we doing it this way? And why? And normally that kind of energy wouldn't course through you. Mm. 
mm-hmm. because you're afraid of hurting somebody or coming off as crazy or whatever the thought is. But these flower essences just make that happen mm. and you face the fear of conflict. And then everybody becomes more intimate and close. Mm. Mm. Uh, so that's one way, like you can sort of run a frequency through a small collective and you see a change. Yeah. And so really it's about like, can we each do that in our family? Like I, I, I oftentimes give presentations and the majority of the room will be women. Yeah. And I just, if you alone are the only person in your family that takes flower essences, your whole family is set. Mm. Your husband changes, your kids change, your sister changes, like everybody yeah. starts to take benefit from that, you know? Yeah. Um, mm. so bottom line is I think that most of us no matter what we're doing in life we have a desire to help and for so many years we've always felt like it's out there like oh if I could just give enough money to charity or oh if I could just help this many homeless people or feed this many people or You know, and we might even exhaust our physical forms, like trying to give, give when in the end, the reason why we're doing that is because we think that we're small. We think we're small and it's hard to have a big impact. So we have to like exhaust ourselves with outrage. Mm. Or it it could even look like convincing a family member to like eat healthier. Or like not take satin drugs because it's going to give you dementia or like, mom, just like consider that, you know, there's yeah. this convincing yeah. thing. Um, when the truth is actually, we are so powerful. We have no idea how powerful we are. Mm. And that's almost scary. And the, the it's like, we don't need to engage in all this external activity, right? We just have to turn in here mm. with what's here. Yeah. So in terms of shifting collective consciousness, I think it's a mind shift because we're, we've been so externally focused, but if we can recognize that when, when we have a shift, everyone else does. Yeah. It yeah. seems a little more easy to understand. Yeah. Absolutely. I resonate with that so much. I mean, something that the flowers have shown me over the last few years is, you know, I used to find, I, 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 I would say that I'm quite open about my own thoughts and opinions. And I used to find people very resistant to it. Right. Um, a lot of the time, you know, not always, but a lot of the time. And it would really upset me like the reaction that I would get. And what the flowers have shown me is that I can be in my truth and it may, you know, upset someone else and, um, you know, instill a reaction in someone else. But ultimately what I'm doing is planting a seed within them, you know, and they may at first resist what, what I'm talking about or what I'm embodying, but then you know, a couple of years down the track that might actually take root and, um, 
shift their own experience into that positive one, right? And that's, yeah, that is exactly what you're saying. So, and that's what the flowers have shown me is that we do have that power, like just by simply staying in our truth, we do have that power to plant those seeds, you know? Mm. Which also, I guess, moves me on to the next thing I wanted to talk about because, um, you know, obviously you would have found this a lot more so originally probably when you were working with the flower essences, but um, I guess everywhere and all the time, (laughs) that people, you know, people do have this, I guess, um, well, not everyone, but a a portion of people, I I guess you could call them like non-believers in this sort of work, energy work and um, flowers basically having the power to even change anything or do anything. I'd love to... um, I'd love to get your take on when you speak to people who may have that sort of um, mindset, what do you offer them? Like what do you, how do you navigate that in mm-hmm. sharing sharing the flowers offerings with them? There's three ways. <laughs> One is... Um, one is through praising their ability to be critical thinkers. Mm. You know, because honestly, we don't have enough critical thinking. We have a lot of sheep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and we need more people to think critically. And there's a lot of junk out there. You know, you can't like every car salesman, you can't believe. And there is snake oil out there. Mm. So. You know, I would just like, if somebody comes at me with a lot of criticism or skepticism, I would say like, absolutely, you're right. Mm. You're right to think that way. And probably they've been disappointed or made to look like a fool in the past or, you know, something has happened to them that put them in that like tough box. Mm. So I would say, wonderful. You're a critical thinker. I appreciate it. And then the second thing is, Um, to turn it back to their own personal experience because I'm not asking you to believe me Mm. and and likewise I'm not telling you to go to listen to somebody in a white coat and tell you what's wrong with you and what might be might fix so-called fix you because you're so-called broken yeah I'm telling you that there's like a lot that is right about you that Mm -hmm. wants to like grow and expand and you turn up the volume inside of you And the only way you're really going to know is if you try it yourself. Yeah. Like you're just as foolish to listen to the doctors as to me. Yeah. You don't want to listen to me. Don't listen to the doctors either or the newscasters or the shaman or whoever. Like you only know based on your personal experience. And if it's something that doesn't have side effects, that's gentle and you can give it to pregnant moms and babies and elderly. And what do you have to lose? Just try it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah. And if it works, then you've been like beautifully surprised about the wonderment of nature and your body. And then the third way is, or the third kind of point is, I honestly don't run into those people as much because I feel like I've done a lot of the work around the pain of that. Mm. Like I'm thinking of, I remember one presentation I gave in, Ironically, it was Mexico, but it was to Americans. And it was at this beautiful resort called Rancho La Puerta. 
Mm-hmm. It's been there for like 40 or 50 years. And it's, it's like the most incredible destination resort. You go there for a week, you like eat more food than you've ever eaten and you lose 10 pounds. And it's just <laughs> like, you know, you're just like amazing. Um, but I remember giving a talk to this group of people and like, I felt such almost like hatred. Mm. This was a really long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. There were a few people in the room that I, that were just like angry because mm. it was like, it was almost like, how dare you tell me something, this kind of magical and beautiful and where's the proof and where's the science and, and you must be making this all up and you must be just pulling my leg. And, but it, it was really interesting because I remember after that sitting under a tree and just like crying in a little ball, mm. like feeling so misunderstood and wanting so deeply from my heart for them to understand mm. what did I say that was wrong? What did I say that put them off? What did I, you know? And over the years, that obviously must have healed in me mm. because obviously now I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. And it isn't that I don't care. Because I do deeply care. Mm. But if someone isn't ready for me, yeah, I have I have to go. Yeah. It's like the urgency has become so much more like acute in my system, yeah, that those people don't even appear to me because I'm like, next, next, next. like i I don't see you. and I don't care if you get it. You don't get it. I have no one to convince. I, I'm not attached to you, like next, you yeah. know, yeah. um. Because it's either for you and it's not for you or it's for you later. And it doesn't mm. matter to me. I'm just looking for the people. I am, I know that there are so many more people now than ever who are looking for what we have. Mm. And all I need to do is find those people. Yeah, I just couldn't waste any more time on anyone who is resistant. Mm. I mean, mm. if there's a little opening, I'll go for it. Yeah. But... I don't know. Time is of essence, I think. Yeah, I like that. You never know, you know, maybe that was the moment that you planted those seeds in that group of angry people. (laughs) And, you know, who knows, maybe they picked up on some little bit of like insecurity because I was green. And Mm. now that I'm a little more mature and my attitude is more like, I don't care. Mm. Uh, People can also feel that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the lack of attachment is like, hmm, I wonder if what she's saying is true. Like, hmm, I'm curious now. Yeah. Yeah. There's something, there's something interesting when someone is not attached. I love that. To the mm. <laughs> well, I'm going to be embodying that moving forward. <laughs> Do you know there's a flower for that? Is there? What flower there's is there? This really beautiful coral root orchid. It's like a tiny forest orchid with polka dots on it. Beautiful. Um, I found it a couple of years ago in Northern Arizona and it's for dissolving the attachment because it's like the savior complex, you know, yeah. we want to help fix, save. Mm. And, and although the motivation for that is really good, the attachment is not healthy. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, sure. attachment. And for people who have had savior complex for a long time, myself included, when you start working with that flower essence, it almost feels like you're callous. Mm. like like you don't care like you don't give a shit yeah yeah it feels so hard and cold yeah first but 
you really empower other people that way to step up. And that is of great interest. I love that. I might have to try that one. (laughs) Send you some. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) So how do you, like, how are you drawn to the flowers that you end up working with and creating essences from? Mm, It's different every time. It could be that... I mean, one time I saw like a, an Airbnb listing for Iceland yeah. and I was like, I go. <laughs> and just like became obsessed with Iceland and I really didn't have any connection or any business or anything with Iceland. Yeah. I shouldn't, you know, <laughs> logically shouldn't have been interested, but I just became obsessed. And then I started researching the orchids and then, you know, here I found myself on a 10 day road trip searching hunting orchids I love it um and then other times it's more just like oh it's time for me to go into the desert and then mm-hmm. like show me where to go yes yeah yeah and just see what you stumble into yeah yeah I love that do you find flowers sort of come to you before you found them at all mm. Maybe in the way of images, yeah, or a place, yeah. Like there was uh, this white fringed orchid that's an endangered species, and I found out about it, like, and I knew I'd be traveling through there in a few months. So every morning after my meditation, I would just like put the call out: "I'm coming. Mm-hmm. If you want me to find you, make mm-hmm. it easy, make it fast. If you want to be of benefit to humanity in this way." help me find you. I did this every day for a few months. Yeah. Um, and in that way, mm, yeah. Uh, felt like a communication occurred before. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I love that. So at the moment, are there particular flowers you're being called to work with or places you're being called to, to explore? I mean, there's, yeah, 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 I'm sure, you know, we put these like favorites, favorite future potentials in our back pockets. Yeah. (laughs) Many years ago, I was in Japan and I was at a hot springs Hmm. and everywhere around this hot springs area was, um, have you ever seen a toad lily? No, I don't think so. Okay. So when you get off this call, Google toad lily or anyone who's listening and you will see the most wild, spectacular, weird, exotic, polka dotted oh, alien cool. yeah. you've ever seen. It's so <laughs> crazy. And and so and since that moment in Japan, I'm always like, I've got to go back to Japan mm. and make a flower. Mm. Sure, it's, I'm sure it's in Australia. I'm sure it's in North America, but there's something about yeah. going back to Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And so, so with that, do you feel like you already... Um, can feel what that flower is works on and the realms it works on, or do you wait till you sort of make the essence and connect with it in person? I wait. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe I should connect Mm. because, uh, yeah, I think that's something really important you're telling me here Mm. is maybe if I, I connect a little now, it will like speed up the, trip yeah there's also you know we have partners who are in australia yeah there's this beautiful woman um caitlin western okay. have you, have you met her? no i haven't 
She's in the Gold Coast, Brisbane area. And, okay. Yeah. Um, she's an incredible practitioner, and she was actually recently here with her husband in Phoenix, and we were just like sitting around chatting, and they were showing me maps of Australia and like this is where the rainforest is. And, and then her husband was talking about this place, like in the middle of the country, that's like barren desert. And it's like beautiful. Cause the sand is like in all of the like ripples. Yeah. 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 I can't remember what it was called. Um, mm. There are flowers out there. Yeah. So not around like Uluru and in that area, maybe. So Uluru is kind of like the the epicenter of Australia and like the cultivation of like the indigenous wisdom and it's said to be one of the most sort of profound like spiritual sort of um cumulative places of the earth really. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I have to say like just talking with them that made me curious about Australia and mm you know, the wild things that are, yeah. that are there. Well, I mean, Australia has some of the oldest flowers in the world. And so I work predominantly with the Australian bush flower essences. Have you heard of them? Yeah. Of course, of course they're beautiful. <laughs> have you the used one, them? You, know, you know, the one that is like so crazy is, yes, I have used them. And it was interesting because I took a look at them a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And there's one that I'm like, I've been like attracted and repulsed by for so many years. And I took it years ago. Yeah. Uh, I took like a few bottles of it and then never really saw it again. And then until a couple of weeks ago and I was like, oh God, that thing is just so like, like sexy and repulsive at the same time. Tell me what it is. It's the, is it like gray spider? Oh yes. The gray spider flower. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I find it like super fascinating and intriguing and like, (laughs) yeah, it is. It's creepy. Like it's literally creepy looking. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Do you feel like you had any, you found anything sort of um, present for you when you were taking it? I don't remember, honestly. I think Mm -hmm. it was about like hidden fears. It was such, I mean, it was like 15 years ago. Yeah. And now I I kind of recognize it. I'm like, oh, that's like um, the Grevelia family. Like we have mm, a Grevelia yeah. that's, that's yeah. like rainbow colored here. And it's for like when you're afraid to hurt someone's feelings. Mm, interesting. Or like speech, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's interesting because I think our response changes when we change. Mm, there was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a. There's a flower that I collected this summer that I had seen like 10 years prior and it freaked me out so much. I could hardly stand to look at it. Mm. Um, And this year I was like, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. It's just a flower. Yeah, (laughs) It's interesting, isn't it? It I guess it kind of like shows you there's something there to explore. If you're, if you're like, you can't look at a flower, you know, there's obviously it's reflecting something in you that you can't look at within yourself. Mm. So what would you say, since you're an expert at bush flowers, <laughs> what would you say is happening if so many years later, it still is like 
exciting and at the same time. Yeah. Well, I would, I would say it's calling for you to, to have it again. Definitely. (laughs) It makes me wonder what was going on in your life at that time. And if any of those same themes are presenting now, or maybe it's also, um, is just that call to explore, explore the country like Australia or, um, you know, these Australian bushflowers. Cause do you remember what it's for? I thought it had something to do with like subconscious fears. Yes. Yeah. So it's like deep sort of fear and um, terror and even going back to like past life fears and those really deep ones that are kind of always there, but never showing up until we, until those moments of complete like terror, really. Um, Um, mm. That's interesting that you say that because I just made another collection of each song. I'm getting really excited right now. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I'm all excited. Um, that's my dog, if you're listening. Um, but I just created a new sort of like trio of flower elixir blends. They're not, they're not out yet. The first one comes out next week. Um but it's uh it's for fears mm. and they're like really deep subconscious fears and yeah. maybe that's there you go maybe it's that same energy you were tapping into you know and it's funny because I thought that like when all of these came up as like wanting to go out into the world I thought didn't we already do that I thought mm-hmm. we did that in 2020 like I thought we already did the fear thing and then <laughs> and then I started looking at everything and I was like Oh, we just barely scratched the surface. Mm, yeah. There's so much more like freedom to be had. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when when we think about like our deepest, darkest secret fears, everybody's still got a, hand, a handful of them. Mm. Mm. Yeah. No, and, you know, I I personally believe that all our deep fears like that do come from past lives and you know the the different experiences we've had in past lives and that's why they're so I guess foreign to us and almost like we're ashamed of them because we don't quite understand where they come from um so it's like how do you how do you express these fears when you don't even know why you've had why you have them right so um yeah personally the what the flowers have shown me and kind of the basis of the way that I work with them is releasing and transmuting fear because ultimately fear is the thing that undermines everything right fear is the thing that undermines shame fear is the thing that undermines guilt and it is just like that core wound is fear right because with you know, we only get fear from being separate and disconnected. Um, Bingo. And it then just from there just spreads into every other facet of our being, right? Yeah. And so this, this is what the flowers are doing, right? They're reconnecting us. They're saying you're not you're not separate, you know. We're all one. We are all one in here and this is why they're, they're able to um, start shifting that and healing that core wound and shifting that core fear and 
And that's why why I think they're so powerful as well, right? Because we can look at all of the different, all of the different aspects of lack and all of the different aspects of, you know, pain and everything. And it all comes back to fear. All of it. All of it. All of it does. I know. It's like it's like this inexhaustible well of uh energy that dictates our smallness or like mm. our holding back or our like making decisions that aren't necessarily the, the best for us. And um, it's like, you know, when I was thinking, I thought we already went through fear. Yeah. And then I had to stop myself because I rem- like, I remembered, you know, how they'll say like, I mean, it's, it's kind of cliche, but it's like the opposite of love is not hate. It's fear. Mm. Mm. And, and, and when I think even just for myself, you know, and like your listeners can do the same. It's like, when you think about like your wildest, boldest self, like if you just like went for it and were totally fearless about everything that means anything to you, then when you see that juxtapose, juxtaposition with what you're actually doing, the only thing holding you back would be those little fears. And, and mm. some of them are big, deep fears or subconscious fears or past life fears, like you said. Mm. And then you realize like, how much of that is dictating your life mm. and the decisions we make. Yeah, absolutely. On a level that we're so not even conscious of. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah. It's like what you were mentioning before, even just like speaking your truth, you know, it's coming comes back to speaking your truth. And and fear is like you said, the only thing that gets in the way of that because it's like we're fearing what the other person's going to say. We're fearing, you know, the outcome of the situation when we speak our truth. We're fearing it comes back to like we're going to be judged or whatever it, whatever it is. It's like fear really is the only thing standing in our way of of being in our truth. So, um, and it's so interesting because I because I have um, flower cards um, to go with all of the essences, and I pulled a few cards before we jumped on, and I pulled you a card. <laughs> And it was, uh, and it was, and it's Sturt Desert Rose. Have you heard oh, of Sturt wow. Desert Rose? And it's, so it's like being true to self. <laughs> so, yeah, I love that. I was going to say on that note of the card, being true to yourself. Mm. I was just thinking this morning that when we allow the fear to dictate the behavior, no matter how subtle, it could be a thought. It mm. could be a one-line text. It could be something really tiny. Mm. It's like staying true to yourself. I mean, that means so many different things. And like noticing all the little micro ways that that I, I can speak from my position, uh, that I will like do something or say something that is motivated by like fear of loss mm. or fear of being alone mm. or fear of being lonely yeah it'd be something so tiny and it appears very natural and there's nothing out of the ordinary about it it's very human there isn't anything I mean anyone else looking at it would be normal but inside I know this tiny micro thing is actually motivated by fear of loss yeah it's like which you know staying true to yourself like your true nature Oof, it's mm. actually quite, quite a task. It is. It is. 
because of all the stories that we've built around this, like we've built our identities around these little, little subtle, um, not truths, untruths. What what would you call <laughs> untruths? You know, we've built our whole identities around them with all the stories that we've attached to them. It, it's hard, but but again, I think that's what the flowers help us do: is detach from those stories and release those stories one by one <laughs> liberation mm, absolutely so on that I would love to know from you what you think the collective needs most at this point in time I think we're all in similar positions but also a little bit different mm-hmm. um, I would say four main themes uh, for some people it's still about healing the sort of uprootedness of the collective in the last few years, where do I belong? Who Mm. can I tell the truth to? What am I grieving? What does my heart want to heal? Um, For others, it's more like, can I be bold enough to tell myself the truth about everything? Mm. And if I can tell myself the truth, can I tell other people the truth? And can I be like so committed to myself that I can stand in that strength mm. and know what's worth fighting for and what's not? Mm. Then there's this other part of us that's like, what are all the ways that I'm lovable or not lovable? <laughs> like, am I perfect or not perfect? Or am I a failure? Or is someone going to attack me or judge me or criticize me or... Oh, I better not do that. That's too, oh, someone will, you know, uh, or we've been disappointed. So we get apathetic and then we're just like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. Mm. But actually we do care. Mm. So it's like softening the hardness and then also allowing nourishment. So we're not like, oh, I got to pee, but I'll do that in an hour. Yeah. Oh, I'm starving. Oh, maybe in a couple hours I'll go eat. Yeah. <laughs> Why do we do that for ourselves? You know? um, or like somebody's talking and they're like talking and talking and talking, and we just want to escape the conversation and we just can't bring ourselves to be like, I have to go get a drink of water. <laughs> we torture ourselves. Yeah. So, yeah, nourishment and love. And then the last one is like, also, some of us are feeling like we got to do this big thing, there's a big thing to do. Like, I really want to impact people and it needs to go faster and it needs to be more electric and I need to find my people and do a collaboration and like be more powerful and where are my people and where's my support and how am I going to do this in a way that is sustainable and I don't crash my adrenals and kill myself in the grind. Mm. That it's inspiring and effortless and 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 powerful. Mm. I think... Those would be like the four kind of major collective themes that I'm seeing a lot of lately. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And look, there's flowers for all of them, right? <laughs> yeah, there's, I want to know what you're seeing. What, what I'm seeing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, what am I seeing? All of those, but I'm also seeing that people are lost. You know, people are lost at the moment because there's so much noise and so much, you know, we're so bombarded and overstimulated and um, disconnected. And so people are really lost. And I'm actually noticing a lot of men 
a lot of men are really lost at the moment and um finding it really hard to to actually be here and be in this life and to navigate their experience and I don't know that's that's very prominent to me at the moment is is the struggle that men are going through um tell me more how does that manifest a few few different ways really a lot of people are just searching outside of themselves so much they're so you know getting all the things and doing all the things and working themselves to the bone and then just completely disconnected from their reality completely disconnected from their families completely disconnected from any sort of love and um connection um and they don't know how to deal with that so they're they're more they're just reaching outside of themselves more and more and just living in the future really of what can I do next um but then there's also just this struggle you know there's a lot of there's a lot of men that are taking their own lives um, when they're really young because they just don't know how to cope. They don't know how to um, make that that initial connection back to themselves or to another to help them get back to themselves. Um, but yeah, I think it's really just the disconnection. It's very obvious to me when I'm when I'm moving through the world is how disconnected a lot of men are to to anything really to any to and, themselves or anything mm. and just out of curiosity if we were going to describe that disconnection or like reaching outside for i imagine like temporary satisfaction yeah that doesn't actually fill the deep longing mm. if there were like a core fear underneath that what would it be well, I personally, you know, what I've sort of come to um, discover and sort of be told by the flowers as well is that that core fear for the, for the masculine is of being unlovable. They don't know how to feel or express their feelings, right? And so I think that... Um, that not being able to know how to do that comes from a shame of their feelings, which comes from comes from the fear of being unlovable. But I think that resides in everyone as well, you know, um, our masculine self, like within, in everyone. But it's very, very prominent here, actually, in men, yeah. On the other hand, with women at the moment, and not to intentionally sort of separate the two, but this is just what I'm seeing because I, I actually am noticing this. There's there's a very different journey going on for men and women at the moment. Um, and for women, it's, you know, that same sense of a little bit lost because there's so much going on um, and it's almost like a pressure, a pressure to be something and do something. Um, and. I think because there's so much noise, they're so unsure of what direction that is that they're meant to head in, head in, and what it is that they're meant to, you know, um, move move into. And so, my what I'm doing at the moment is working with women to come back to themselves, right, to their true self, to find that within, rather than searching without, with like searching outside of themselves for it. 
um, which is in in the same same sort of realm as the, the men, but it's just taken two separate journeys, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that really makes sense. Beautiful. So do you have anything else that you would like to share today? Are most of your listeners Flower Essence fans? I would I would say the majority of them probably are. Um, but then again, I'm actually not sure. It's I'm finding it really hard to tell who's who my audience is. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm finding it hard to tell. But I would say by now, because this is what maybe the tenth episode will be, and and they the episodes are about flower essences and mo- mostly, and and how they how they work and all the intricacies and nuances of them. So I would say by now, if they're listening to this, then they would be a flower essence fan. <laughs> I mean, I it sounds strange, but if I if I just ask inside, what else I have left to say? It's get ready. Mm. Get ready. Get ready. Yeah. And the get ready is like. bolster yourself with all of the things that nourish you Mm. so that you can really overcome the fears and that it is possible Mm. you know we can tiptoe up next to the fear and then like run back and then we can like tiptoe again and then run back and then and then sometimes we just like jump over the whole canyon Mm. and then suddenly we realize that the thing we were afraid of we're not afraid of it at all anymore yeah. And that it, it it can be that easy. Um so whatever that means to you, mm. get ready. What does that mean to you? Get ready. Well, I I to me that means I can see that there's a huge shift coming, right? And I guess what I want to say is there's like a lot of joy and happiness and love coming to be had so but to get there you know might be challenging so get ready to experience that right but also like you said nourish yourself so that you can move through the challenging to get there mm. love it yeah Perfect. so beautiful <laughs> oh so Yes, so, so lovely. I'm so grateful to have you on, honoured to have you on here. It's been so beautiful chatting to you and learning a little bit more about your experience. And, yeah, it's funny just the way that I connected with you last the other week on a random Instagram Live. I opened my phone and it popped up and I was like, flower essences, what? And I was like, no way. And then no one else was really saying anything and I was like, (laughs) Whoa, that is wild. You know, the synchronicity of that, I was just telling last night, some of the folks here, I was like, um, Maggie and Justin went to an event at the giving tree and one, like a few people from that event then came to our store. Yeah. And one of those fellows invited us to his house to do all these social media interviews. And then it was you. (laughs) So it's like this, like all these little random events. Just yeah. so that I could have this conversation with you. Oh my is God. Really, um, it's so I sweet. That. I love that so much. And it's the same thing, right? It's like in retrospect, looking back, the flowers are orchestrating it all along. 
<laughs> Thank you for being there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, I've never watched that guy's lives ever. <laughs> wow, that is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so funny oh so beautiful well if anyone would like to check you out or your offerings and find you where can they do so yep so we're at lotus way lotus like the flower and then wei.com and if you happen to come to the states and you want to come to like experience a lot of different things that would be sunsenterphx.com where our experience center is beautiful thank you so much oh it's been so lovely and thank you everyone for listening in i hope you enjoyed and please do leave some feedback or yeah rate rate the episode if you loved it i'm sure you did because i did (laughs) and i will see everyone next week